Folks, what does everyone do when shopping online? Well, you jump to the reviews and you see what customers actually think. Well, Bull and Branch did the hard work for you. In a recent customer survey, 96% said Bull and Branch sheets get softer with every single wash. Bull and Branch sheets are made from the finest 100% organic cotton threads on planet Earth. Buttery to the touch, super breathable. Bull and Branch sheets are perfect for both cooler and warmer months. Their luxurious signature hem sheets were made without pesticides, formaldehyde, or other harsh chemicals. They really do get softer with every single wash. Best of all, Bull and Branch gives you a 30-night risk-free trial with free shipping, returns on all orders. You're not going to want to return them. We love our Bull and Branch product. In fact, when I'm on the road, I actually travel with their cable knit throw blanket. It is that good. Their product is just awesome. After a long day, nothing feels better than a restful night's sleep in the softest, most luxurious sheets. Sleep better at night with the softest sheets from Bull and Branch. Get 15% off your very first order when you use code Ben at bullandbranch.com. That's Bull and Branch, spelled B-O-L-L-A-N-D, branch.com. Promo code Ben. Exclusions apply. See site for details, bullandbranch.com. Democrats believe they have the upper hand on legislation and culture and the narrative, but the blowback is already beginning. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. Today's show is sponsored by ExpressVPN. Don't let big tech track what you do. Anonymize your web browsing at expressvpn.com slash Ben. Well, we begin today with an actual piece of good news, which I know is kind of rare these days because there's a lot of bad news from the world of culture and the world of media and the world of legislation. And don't worry, we'll get to all the bad news. But there was one piece of news yesterday that really stood out to me. To understand why this is a piece of good news, what you first have to understand is what Joe Biden was actually elected to do and then what he thinks he has been elected to do. So what Joe Biden was actually elected to do was be, as I have termed him, President Houseplant. His entire job was to be barely animate. That was his job. He he can he constructed his entire campaign around the notion that he was going to be a warm body, a barely above room temperature body, as Rush Limbaugh might say. That was going to be the entire thing, right? He was going to sit there. He was going to watch Madlock. We were all going to go back to normal. And that was going to be that. Most Americans thought that that was Joe Biden's pitch. He was a moderate old gentleman who wasn't going to push forward any sort of radical ideas. But Joe Biden, because he's a politician and an arrogant politician at that, he actually thinks that his mandate was to be transformational in some way. Now, here's the thing about America. We don't need a massive transformation. Before the COVID pandemic, things, at least in economic terms, were going swimmingly. We had incredible wage increases, particularly at the bottom of the spectrum. We had the lowest unemployment rate in 50 years. And things were going swimmingly in terms of the economy. So we didn't need an economic transformation. And if we did need a transformation in terms of sort of our attitude toward politics, what we really needed was a cooling down. We didn't need a heating up. We didn't need more culture wars. We didn't need more radicalism. And Joe Biden was elected to sort of put a stop to that, right? Joe Biden was elected because, specifically because, he was barely alive. That was basically his campaign pitch. Biden, I'm barely alive. And that's the thing. He's kind of good at being barely alive because the bar is real low. All you have to do is not be dead and also not be super alive. You just have to be barely alive. And Joe Biden, it's, it's like what he's qualified for. He was, never, he was never any sort of great shakes mentally. But now, given the fact that he is in some pretty obvious decline, the American people saw that as an, as an asset. They saw that as a feature, not a bug, of Joe Biden. And so Joe Biden, you know, being barely there, has never impacted his popularity ratings. Now, people on the right are sort of frustrated by this, the fact that Joe Biden is clearly not what he once was. And again, he was never at a wonderful level to begin with, but he's clearly not what he once was. Why aren't more people turning on him because of that? And the answer is he was elected to be this. When Joe Biden loses his lines in the middle of press conferences, it's disquieting on a sort of human level to watch uh, a man who's clearly starting to lose it be the most powerful man in the free world. But on another level, it's sort of comforting to know that that person theoretically is not going to wield outsized power to do radical things. So for example, yesterday, Joe Biden just lost his lines. He was talking about the COVID pandemic. And once again, 
there, there is a certain level of trepidation just as a human being you get watching Joe Biden. Again, it's like watching Nick Walenda walk over a volcano. Like any moment here, things could go real bad. It's, it's why people have suggested that we ought to cut away every time Joe Biden goes up or down the stairs of Air Force One because we could be watching history in real time. Here, here was Joe Biden yesterday losing his lines. Until this vaccine is available to the world and we're beating back the vaccine, the virus in other countries, we're not really completely safe. So we've made great progress. I'm still looking forward to the prospect that we keep the pace we're on and we listen to one another, take the precautions I talked about, that you'll be able to have uh, a 4th of July, an Independence Day on July the 4th. Okay, so again, the guy's not all there. And that was the pitch. The pitch was genial old man who's not all there. But his party believes, and he believes, that he's there to be a transformational president. And so they pushed really hard on every single front. They pushed really hard. They pushed really hard on the legislative front. They are pushing forward a $2 trillion supposed infrastructure bill. It has nothing to do with infrastructure. Only 5% of that bill is roads and bridges. Even if you include things like broadband internet or plumbing because they want to replace some pipes, even if you do that, only about one third of the bill is dedicated to what could actually be termed infrastructure. They're just expanding the term infrastructure to now include everything on planet Earth. They, they've already pushed forward a $2 trillion quote unquote, COVID relief package that radically restructures the nature of the relationship between the individual and the American government. It passes out checks for basically being alive under certain circumstances. And now they're pushing forward on a bunch of other radical proposals. They are now pushing forward, for example, on this Iran deal. This, this is an incredibly radical thing to do, given the fact that Iran has basically been marginalized by the world community. Iran is in serious trouble. Iran has had to draw back within its own borders and pursue less terrorism because of the economic sanctions placed on them by the Trump administration. Meanwhile, peace has broken out in the Middle East in historic fashion with the Abraham Accords, Israel making peace with the UAE, Israel making peace with Morocco, Israel making peace with Bahrain, Israel in already a sort of cold peace with Egypt and a, and a slightly warmer peace now with Saudi Arabia. All of that is historic stuff. The Biden administration is diving in headfirst to try and break all of that up by handing some sort of concessions to the Iranian terrorist government, according to the Washington Post. U.S. and Iranian officials said Tuesday, an initial day of talks in Vienna on returning to the 2015 nuclear deal were, quote unquote, constructive. But the Biden administration cautioned no immediate breakthroughs were anticipated on one of the new president's top foreign policy goals. The European-led diplomatic effort featured mediators shuttling between Iranian and American envoys. That wasn't the face-to-face discussions being held, but this is all kabuki theater. Eventually, Biden will sign some sort of incredibly sycophantic deal with the Iranians. He will just hand over the store to the Iranians because that's exactly what Barack Obama did. That's a radical move. Meanwhile, on the legislative front, they're going to move in a radical direction with regard to this $2.3 trillion quote-unquote infrastructure plan. According to the New York Times, a ruling from the Senate parliamentarian, parliamentarian means Democrats may be able to push through that Biden $2.3 trillion quote-unquote infrastructure plan without any Republican support whatsoever. According to the New York Times, Democrats might not have to have the votes to gut the filibuster, but they were just handed the procedural keys to a backdoor assault on the Senate's quote-unquote famous obstruction tactic. It's funny, funny how this becomes a famous obstruction tactic when used by Republicans. When it's used by Democrats, it's the, Democrat, it's, it's the Senate's important procedures to protect bipartisanship. With a ruling on Monday, the Democrats can reuse this year's budget blueprint at least once to employ fast-track reconciliation. Democrats can now conceivably advance multiple spending and tax packages this year without a single Republican vote as long as they hold their 50 members together. It is a means of weakening the filibuster without having to take the politically charged vote to do so. So the parliamentarian basically just gave them exactly what they want. Senator Chris Van Hollen, Democrat of Maryland, said it's always good to have a series of insurance policies. 
He said this about the possibility that Democrats could just redo the party line passage of the $2 trillion virus relief legislation that passed last month. Whatever strategy they employ, it's clear that the decision by the Senate parliamentarian to agree with Senator Chuck Schumer, Democrat of New York, and the majority leader that a 47-year-old budget provision could be used more than once in a fiscal year widens Biden's path to enacting his infrastructure plan by shielding it from filibuster. The ruling means that if stymied by Republicans on plans, they can protect under reconciliation that applies to measures that directly affect federal spending and revenues. Democrats will have more opportunities to move ahead on their own if they so choose. So this is a twisting of the process, of course, and they are going to continue to push forward these world-beating proposals. But here is the encouraging news, right? This is, all the, the, this is all depressing, isn't it? But here is the encouraging news. Democrats have gone too far. They're starting to realize they've gone too far, but they can't stop themselves. Okay, this is the Thelma. Thelma and Louise are already off the cliff. They are just realizing that they are in midair right now. This is like a Wiley e. Coyote cartoon where they've run directly off the cliff. They look down and in that split second before you get the Wiley looks directly into the camera and realizes that he is no longer on solid land. That's what's about to happen to the Democratic Party, and they are realizing it. The realization is coming into their eyes. We'll get to this in just one second. First, let us talk about keeping your house safer and more secure and making sure you know what's going on on your property. So much happens at your front door. That's one thing that hasn't changed these days. In my house, I've been getting groceries and food deliveries and friends stopping by, and my kids are constantly running around our property. I need Ring devices on my property. That's why the first thing my wife said to me when we moved was, let's get Ring out here and let's put all this stuff up right now. I love having the Ring video doorbell. I've actually added some Ring security cameras around the house as well. I have a bunch of the Ring security cameras to make sure that I can keep track of my three wild children. See and speak to whomever is at your door from anywhere with the video doorbells. Keep an eye on every corner of your house with easy-to-install indoor and outdoor cams. Protect your whole home with Ring Alarm. It's a powerful, affordable whole home security system you can easily install yourself. Right now, get a special offer on the Ring Welcome Kit at ring.com slash ben. It comes with that Ring Video Doorbell 3 and the Chime Pro. It's the perfect way to upgrade your front door and start your Ring experience. Head on over to ring.com slash ben. That is ring.com slash ben. Go check them out right now. Ring.com slash ben. Get a special offer on that Ring Welcome Kit today. Ring.com slash ben. We love Ring. You will too. Alrighty, so here is the good news that I have promised. Again, the Biden administration is starting to realize that they are not standing on solid ground anymore. So, for example, this administration is pushing open borders policy. That's the reason why you have seen this massive increase in the amount of illegal immigration across the border. It's why you've seen the surge of migrant children, because they basically said doors wide open. And guess what? People took advantage of the wide open door. There's a candy store. It now has a sign in the front window that says free candy inside. Shockingly, many people are arriving to take the free candy. That's not the fault of the people trying to get in. It's the fault of the people who put out the sign, because those people are stupid. The Biden administration has taken the world's worst immigration policy. Then they put Kamala Harris in charge of it. Kamala Harris has not been down to the border once. Kamala Harris has not held a press conference on immigration policy. Maybe that's because she's been a pro-open borders advocate for years. Kamala Harris is a completely ineffective leader. She's a bad politician. And putting her in charge of the border makes no sense whatsoever. But no one's in charge of the border is the actual answer. So what does that mean? Well, apparently what it means is that the Biden administration is now secretly having to reinstall all of the old Trump administration policies. Remember those evil policies, the discriminatory policies against, against people south of the border? So terrible, fascistic, Nazi-esque, according to the UK Independent. Construction on Donald Trump's border wall may continue under Joe Biden's administration. Department of Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas told department employees he might be greenlighting work on the wall to plug gaps in the current wall. Mayorkas reportedly said, it's not a single answer to a single question. There are different projects the chief of Border Patrol has presented and the acting commissioner of CBP presented to me. 
The president has communicated quite clearly his decision that the emergency that triggered the devotion of DOD funds to the construction of the border wall has ended. But that does leave room to make decisions as the administration, as part of the administration, in particular areas of the wall that need renovation, particular projects that need to be finished. So in other words, he's just going to do what Trump did, but he's going to call it something different. Here's Jen Psaki acknowledging that some of the construction has already been funded. And uh, yeah, probably we're going to be doing some of that evil Trump wall. Wall construction remains paused to the extent permitted by law. So some has already been funded through uh, congressional uh, authorization and funding allocation. Uh, but as agencies uh, develop for a plan, uh, it's paused while agencies are developing a plan for the president on the management of the federal funds. It is paused. Uh, there is uh, some limited construction that has been funded and allocated for, but it is uh, otherwise paused. Okay. It, it, otherwise, it is paused. Otherwise, except it's not paused, except that they are going to be building wall. Okay, so they've re they're starting to realize that they went too far on the border. They're also beginning to realize that they've gone too far with regard to the corporate bullying. So the, the administration is never going to admit that they just lied. They did. They lied over and over about the Georgia law. Joe Biden said yesterday that it was a Jim Crow voting law, which is just ridiculous. It is the most ridiculous comparison. This side of something I don't like is the Holocaust, right? Is, is that this thing I don't like is Jim Crow. And Biden uses it repeatedly. Biden's old enough to remember Jim Crow. I mean, Biden's almost old enough to remember slavery in America, but he's old enough to remember Jim Crow for sure. So he should certainly know the difference between Jim Crow, you know, like separate water fountains for black people and open suppression of the vote in the South, people getting fire hosed for trying to express their, their desire for individual rights. He, he, he should remember that. That is not the Georgia voting law. It doesn't matter. He's a damned liar. So he keeps repeating that over and over. Here is Jen Psaki saying that Georgia had made it harder to vote despite the fact that in most counties it expanded voting hours despite the fact that they added drop boxes out over the over the last election cycle before the pandemic. There are a bunch of emergency drop boxes put in place for the pandemic. Despite the fact that in most counties, more people will be voting in the future. Doesn't matter. Jen Psaki is just going to put out this lie. The Georgia legislation is built on a lie. Uh, it's there was no widespread fraud in the 2020 election. Uh, Georgia's top Republican election officials have acknowledged that repeatedly in interviews. Uh, and what there was, however, was record-setting turnout, especially by voters of color. So instead, what we're seeing here is in, for politicians who didn't like the outcome, uh, they're not changing their policies uh, to win more votes. They're changing the rules to exclude more voters. And we certainly see the circumstances. She's just a different. damn liar. They are not trying to exclude voters. This is just a lie. There's no evidence this is going to result in the voter surprise. She says that this is built on the lie, that there was voter fraud. Okay, you know it's a bigger lie than voter fraud and voter irregularity, which actually does occur. You know it's a bigger fraud, voter suppression. Can she show evidence that anybody has suppressed the vote? Seriously, like any statistical evidence, any person who says they tried to vote and they were wrongly rejected, because that's a federal lawsuit right there. Can she demonstrate like any evidence of that? Of course not. So she lies, but here's the problem. There is blowback to this. And again, just like with the border, the Biden administration is beginning to realize that their policies are not all that popular, that Biden was elected to be not alive. He was not elected to be particularly animate. He was not elected to be a mover and a shaker. He was elected to stand there if he can. That was his entire mandate. We're going to get to more of this in just one second. First, let us talk about the fact that one of the proposals that the Biden administration surely will put forward sometime over the next few years is a gun grab. There's no question they're going to try to crack down on so-called assault weapons. Biden has a perverse dislike for the Second Amendment. This is true for many in the Democratic Party. The reality is that the Second Amendment is there for a reason. It is to protect your rights. It is there to protect your liberty. And it is there to protect your safety. You know who understands that? The folks at Bravo Company Manufacturing. They build a professional-grade product that is built to combat standards. That's because BCM believes the same level of protection should be provided to every law-abiding American, regardless of if they're a private citizen or a professional. 
The people of BCM assume that when a rifle leaves their shop, it will be used in a life or death situation by a responsible citizen law enforcement officer or a soldier overseas. I own a weapon not because I enjoy target shooting or because I'm a hunter, because I'm not. I own weapons because I think it is important to be able to protect my rights under the Second Amendment to the Constitution of the United States and because I think it's important to protect my family. The people at BCM feel it's their moral responsibility too to provide tools that will not fail the end user when it's not just a paper target, but somebody coming to do them harm. BCM works with leading instructors of marksmanship from top levels of America's Special Operations Forces, from Marine Corps Force Reconnaissance to U.S. Army Special Ops Forces, connecting them with other Americans. Learn more about Bravo Company Manufacturing at bravocompanymfg.com. Again, that's bravocompanymfg.com. Get their product special offers, upcoming news, Bravo Company mfg.com or check them out on YouTube at youtube.com slash bravo company USA. Okay, so if they realize they're out over their skis with regard to the with regard to the border policy, they're also beginning to realize that they are out over their skis with regard to how far they went with this Georgia law. There's a brand new poll out from Morning Consult. It shows that a plurality of Americans actually support Georgia's new election law. 42% of Americans say that they support Georgia's election law compared to 36% who say that they don't support Georgia's election law. And if you look at the actual stats with regard to independence, for example, self-described independence, what you see is that some 38% of self-described independents say they like the law compared to only 29% who say that they don't like the law. It's only among Democrats that people say that they are not a fan of the law. So Democrats are losing this argument despite all of their political propaganda. And you know what's even more unpopular? There's new polling data out. It shows Americans do not like the Biden administration bullying MLB into moving the all-star game from Atlanta to Denver based on lies about the Georgia law. And you can tell that this is starting to hit home. Again, there's that wily e. Coyote look in Joe Biden's eyes as he realizes that that Acme rocket just ran out of fuel and he's over the cliff. Here is Joe Biden yesterday. He's being asked about moving sporting events from Georgia because it turns out the Masters is being held now. Okay, and the Masters takes place every year at Augusta National. Augusta National, one of the great sporting places in America, one of the great golf courses on planet Earth. And so Joe Biden was asked a very simple question. You were in favor of MLB moving the All-Star game. Are you in favor of canceling the Masters because Georgia passed a law that you don't like and that you've been lying about? And here is Joe Biden trying slowly to hobble away from his own position on whether corporations should boycott states that do things Democrats don't like. It is reassuring to see that uh, for-profit operations and businesses are speaking up about how these new Jim Crow laws are just antithetical to who we are. There's another side to it, too. The other side to it, too, is when they, in fact, move out of Georgia, the people who need the help the most, people who are making hourly wages, sometimes get hurt the most. Oh, yeah. Well, you know what would have been nice is if you had said that up front, as opposed to just going on ESPN and saying it's great that MLB is considering moving the All-Star game. So basically, he's acknowledging now that what he did is wrong. He's acknowledging now that pushing corporations to move their businesses outside of states has some pretty solid unintended consequences, particularly for populations that may have voted Democrat. Cobb County, Atlanta, is a Democratic area. Okay, so he hurt his friends, and now he's upset that he hurt his friends. By the way, this also works the other way. It turns out that if you decide that you're going to politicize every corporation, then people are simply going to take the other side of that and they are going to oppose those corporations. You can also sense the Biden administration feels that it has been trapped here because if you are encouraging corporations to stop doing business with places like Georgia, what do you do with places like China? Because it turns out America does an awful lot of business with China. It turns out that the Biden administration policy toward China has been extremely, extremely friendly 
compared to the Trump administration policy. And so Biden has been asked repeatedly, so is Jen Psaki, about moving the Olympics. And their first response was, well, you know, we, we, that, that's really the U.S. Olympic Committee. It's really up to them. Well, now they understand that they look like hypocrites. So here was the State Department spokesperson yesterday saying, yeah, no, we are considering a Beijing Olympics boycott. First of all, bullcrap. Second of all, if they do it, it's only because they've trapped themselves here. You seem to suggest on the Olympics that the U.S. is in consultations with allies discussing whether to consider or plan some sort of joint boycott. Is that the case? Well, it is something that uh, we certainly wish to discuss uh, and that um, uh, it is certainly something that we understand that uh, a coordinated approach um, will be not only in our interest, um, but also um, in the interests of our uh, allies and partners. Uh, so this is one of the issues um, that is on the agenda, um, uh, both now and going forward. And when we have something uh, to announce, we will uh, be sure to do that. Okay, so that is them attempting to kick the can down the road. Again, there's that look in the eyes. They all understand that they've been trapped into this. The same administration that is currently pushing to give money to the Iranian terrorist government is saying that corporations shouldn't do business in Georgia. But, oh, by the way, maybe they should actually do business in Georgia. The media is in the same trap. The, the, the thing that the, the media are respected by the American people for is not the thing they want to do. And the thing that Democrats were elected to do is not the thing they want to do. They were elected to be not Donald Trump. They were not elected to be radical. The Democrats can't stop themselves. They're going to be radical. And the American people are going to backlash against them. It is going to happen in 2022. It's not going to be a good year for Democrats. Okay, and, and the same thing holds true for the media. The media, whatever level of baseline respect people were willing to give to the media was rooted in the idea that they were going to actually cover the news, not manufacture the news. But they don't want to man. They, they don't want to cover the news. They want to be activists. This is what they would like to do with their lives. If you talk to journalists, they see themselves as, quote unquote, making the world a better place, not by reporting the news, but by crafting the narrative. Well, the problem is that this leads them into dead ends where they don't actually report the news. They manufacture the news wholesale. The most obvious example over the past little while being 60 Minutes, completely manufacturing out of whole cloth the story that Ron DeSantis allowed Publix to distribute the COVID vaccine because he was bribed by the, by the Publix people, which is utterly crazy. I mean, so crazy that the mayor of Palm Beach County, uh, the, the, who is who's a Democrat, the mayor of Palm Beach, was like, uh, no, that's not true. And he said, I told you guys that it was BS and you guys ignored it. Well, we'll get to that in just one second because the blowback is beginning against the media too. Again, the story here is that the blowback is coming. Democrats are overshooting the mark, and we are only a few months in. The media are overshooting the mark. Corporations are overshooting the mark. The blowback is coming, and I am here for it. I am ready for it, and you should be too. We'll get to that in just one second. First, let us talk about the fact that you need a great night's sleep. So my kids have been waking me up at all hours, as they always do. The other night, my baby little girl, who is a sweetie, she's a squishy baby. That squishy baby decided it would be fun to wake up at 5.15 in the morning and just scream her heart out. Well, she was fine. My sleep was not, except that when I was sleeping, I was sleeping on my pillow. Ah, yes, my pillow. That is some solid stuff right there. By now, you've all heard me talk about the wonders of my pillow. They've done it again. They've introduced my slippers. The slippers took over two years to develop. They're designed to wear indoors, outdoors, all day long. My slippers are made with the pillow foam and impact gel to help prevent fatigue and made with quality leather suede. I can tell you firsthand, they're super comfortable. I've received them and I am wearing them pretty much all the time. The whole family is going to want them. For a limited time, My Pillow is offering 40% off their new My Slippers. That is 40% off. So I've got the sheets, the pillows, and slippers for My Pillow. Like all their other products, comfort is key. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, use promo code DAILYWIRE. You will also get deep discounts on all My Pillow products, including the Giza Dream bed sheets, the My Pillow mattress topper, the My Pillow towel sets, or call 800-951-7163. Use promo code DAILYWIRE. Visit MyPillow.com right now 
or call 800-951-7163 to get started. Okay, so as I say, 60 Minutes just lied about Ron DeSantis. And it's just a lie. What they said, which is that for a $100,000 donation to a super PAC, that Ron DeSantis decided to allow, you know, the most, the most prevalent grocery chain in the state to hand out the vaccines, that it was the bribe that did it, not, you know, local officials saying, you know, it'd be great is if our grocery store pharmacies could actually give out the vaccine. That was a lie. It was pretty obviously a lie. 60 Minutes completely jobbed DeSantis here. I mean, they absolutely chopped apart a press conference he did in which a 60 Minutes reporter asked him some questions. They just cut out his actual answer. Here was DeSantis going hard after the media. These are smear merchants. That's why nobody trusts corporate media. Uh, they are a disaster in what they're doing. They knew what they were doing was a lie. I knew what they were doing was a lie. Everybody here knows what they were doing is a lie. They know that we know they're lying, and yet they continue to lie. And they lied, and they lied, and they lied. We offered them the information, and they declined to interview the key people uh, because they didn't want to let go of the narrative. Well, guess what? There's going to be consequences for that. Okay, and there should be consequences for that, but the media are too committed to this path. They can't stop themselves. You see, if they ever admit that they got this one wrong, just like if they ever admit that they got any of these stories wrong, the Kavanaugh story, the Covington Catholic story, if they ever admit that they just blew it, then they have to admit who they really are. It's not that the journalists are bad at their job. It's that they're very good at their job. It's just their job is not journalisming. Their job is the narrative. Their job is activism. They are very good activists and they are very bad journalists. Their job, what you think their job is, is not what they think their job is. Same thing with Biden. His job was just to be there and be not bar- just to be barely animate. But he thinks his job is to be this radical activist FDR LBJ character. People don't like that. People also are not liking what the media are all about, but they can't admit that what they're doing is not journalism. Otherwise, people might notice that what they're doing is not journalism. So instead, 60 Minutes put out this statement, quote, when Florida state data revealed people of color were vaccinated at a much lower rate than their wealthier neighbors, 60 Minutes reported the facts surrounding the vaccine's rollout, which is controlled by the governor. We requested and conducted interviews with dozens of sources and authorities involved. We requested an interview with Governor DeSantis. He declined. I wonder why. I wonder why he declined an interview with you. Maybe because he thought that you were going to hatchet job him. We spoke to State Emergency Management Director Jared Moskowitz twice. He declined to be interviewed on camera for our story until well after our deadline. The idea we ignored their perspective is untrue. Counter to his statement yesterday, we also spoke on the record with Palm Beach County Mayor David Kerner. For over 50 years, the facts reported by 60 Minutes have often stirred debate and prompted strong reactions. Our story Sunday night speaks for itself. My favorite part here is where they say they spoke to the Palm Beach County Mayor, but they didn't bother quoting him. He told them straight up, your story's crap. Didn't matter. They reported it anyway. So 60 Minutes tripling down on that story, because to do anything else, see people on the right, like, why are they doing it? Because to do anything else is to admit what they are. They can't do that. They are too far over the cliff. Same thing is about to happen in, in corporate America. So corporate America has decided to fully embrace the woke. I mean, on, a, on a, an enormous level, on an unending level, they're going to embrace the woke through and through, and they're going to pay the price. They don't realize. Now, I think some of the politicians realize because Politicians tend to have their finger in the wind anyway. So when the wind changes, they, they can feel it. And those in the media also can follow what's going on on Twitter. So they understand when the wind changes. They're not going to do anything about it, but they at least understand when the wind changes. Corporate America are a bunch of people in suits who just want to make money. And those people in suits sitting in corporate boardrooms generally do not have their finger in the wind, which is why you can have a garbage organization like Media Matters get 10 of its friends to call a company. And then the company, thinking that that is the wind, not understanding that's not even a breeze, they will immediately shift course. Right? They, are, they are oversensitive on the one hand and slow to move on the other, corporate America. But when they do move, they're usually late and unpopular because Americans are predisposed not to particularly like 
big corporations, especially when they start throwing their weight around in areas that are not within their purview. It turns out that corporations engaging in ultra crepidarianism, which is where they're engaged in stuff that is not within their purview, that's becoming more and more common at the behest of the Democratic Party. And they are doing so because one of the great lies in America is that corporations are free market institutions. They are not. They are profit-seeking institutions. There is a difference. If you are a rent seeker, I mean, Ayn Rand makes this distinction in Atlas Shrugged. So, I mean, it's not like there's anything new. If you are seeking rent from the federal government, that doesn't mean you're pro-free market. You can be very profit-driven and still be a, an anti-free market institution. This happens all the time. If you have a monopoly granted by the government, you're a profit-seeking institution. That does not mean that you are pro-free markets. Well, this is true more and more of our big corporations, which also hope to engage in regulatory capture. They have basically two priorities. One is don't get punished by the Democrats. And two is capture the regulatory heights so that you can re you can change the regulations and the regulatory structures so that they impact you and they hurt you some, but they hurt everybody at the bottom of the scale way more. The goal of big corporations is not just to succeed in their space, in a free market space. Their goal is to kill their competition. And if they can use government to do that, they will do it. If, if the question is, we take no hit, our competition takes no hit, and our competition taking no hit means they might compete with us, or we promote regulations that harm us a little bit, but harm our opponents a lot, they will always take the latter. That's the reason why you saw so many of these big companies coming out in favor of net neutrality, for example, because it helped, it didn't really hurt them. It helped them a little bit, and it really hurt anybody who's attempting to enter the market space. It's the reason why you're constantly seek, seeing large corporations seeking regulatory structures. They have large companies. They have big legal teams who are capable of complying with those regulatory structures. So never you fear. This is not about corporations gaining some level of woke principle. It's not about that. It's about the incentive structure. The incentive structure right now for corporations is to go woke because they believe that Democrats will leave them alone and eat them last or will work hand in glove with them if they do everything the Democrats say. It's really short-sighted. because it, it, It's a weird strategy, long-term, to side with the side that believes that you are a blight on American life. I mean, Elizabeth Warren, if she had her way, would break up Amazon tomorrow. But that's not stopping Jeff Bezos from coming out in favor of a bunch of corporate tax hikes. He says, we support the Biden administration's focus on making bold investments in American infrastructure. Bezos is a Democrat, of course. He's also the head of the Washington Post, or he owns the Washington Post. That's not a surprise in any way, shape, or form. He says, we support the Biden administration's focus on making bold investments in American infrastructure. Both Democrats and Republicans have supported infrastructure in the past. It's the right time to work together to make this happen. We recognize this investment will require concessions from all sides, both on the specifics of what's included as well as how it gets paid for. We're supportive of a rise in the corporate tax rate. We look forward to Congress and the administration coming together to find the right balanced solution that maintains or enhances U.S. competitiveness. Yeah, bullcrap. I'll tell you what Jeff Bezos is in favor of. He's in favor of Joe Biden leaving him alone. He's in favor of Joe Biden using that corporate tax rate to crack down on other less large corporations. Amazon will survive an increase in the corporate tax. You know who won't? People who run small businesses and run on very thin margins. That's who's going to pay. Jeff Bezos knows that. You think the American people are going to react to these giant corporations getting in bed with the Democrats by somehow swinging behind Democratic policy? I think not. All that's going to happen is that the base of support that some corporations have on the right is going to dissipate. There are going to be a lot of people on the right who say, okay, you know what? Bernie wants you out of existence. Have at it, man. You decided you want to be with Bernie and you want to be with Biden. We leave you to their tender mercies. You want to get in bed with them? We're not going to stop you from getting good and effed. Like that's not, that's not a thing we are going to stand in the way of anymore. Because if you've decided that you wish to promote their agenda, you can enjoy their tender mercies. Okay? And it's not just Jeff Bezos and Amazon. It is, it is every major corporation in American life. They are cruising for a bruising if they decide that they're going to go woke here. 
because they will go broke. And then they will be sitting there on the side of the road crying to themselves, why, oh, why is it that these Democrats that we trusted have decided that they want to force us to unionize and they want to increase the minimum wage on us and they want to take us apart piecemeal? Yeah, it may have hurt your competitors in the short term, but here's the thing. Free market financial structures are the ones that you became rich under. If you decide to dismantle those, don't be surprised when you find yourself in the crosshairs. Okay, we'll get to more of this in just a second. But first, why the heck would you be using a pair of earbuds that have wires connected to them? This is not... 2003. Instead, you need a great pair of wireless earbuds. And there's only one pair of wireless earbuds. I actually trust those are the people over at Raycon. These wireless earbuds are just spectacular. Whether you're catching up on your favorite news podcast or binging an audiobook or powering through your workout with a pumped up playlist, a pair of Raycons in your ears can make all the difference. No dangling wires, no stems to get in your way. Raycons come in a range of stylish colors, always with a comfortable in-ear fit for a more discreet look. Raycons are built to perform anywhere, anytime with water and sweat-resistant construction and Bluetooth that pairs quickly and seamlessly. They've got enough battery life for six hours of playtime, which means you can unplug for quite a while. The best part? Raycon makes great sound accessible to everyone with wireless earbuds starting at half the price of other premium audio brands. Raycon is offering 15% off all their products for my listeners. Here's what you've got to do to go get it. Go to buyraycon.com slash Ben. That's it. You get 15% off your entire Raycon order. Feel free to grab a pair and a spare 15% off at buyraycon.com slash Ben. That's buyraycon.com slash Ben. Go check them out right now. Buyraycon. Dot com slash Ben. I love mine because they fit my ear perfectly. You can customize them to do so. Go check them out right now. Buyraycon.com slash Ben for the best pair of wireless earbuds on the market. Alrighty, in just a second, we'll get to more of corporate America going woke. This is the pre- The backlash is going to be tremendous on all this stuff. As we return from Eastern Passover, it's important to reflect on the impact these holidays have on our faith, the impact Judeo-Christian values have on our culture. More and more, the left wants to erase these values, replace them with their own pseudo-morality. That's why we've launched a brand new talk show with Candace Owens, one of the fiercest protectors of conservative values and free speech there is. Go behind the headlines and Twitter fights. See Candace as herself. Funny, political, insightful. Watch her host lively discussion panels and exclusive interviews with an always exciting round of guests. Candace is the first Daily Wire show to appear in front of a live studio audience. It's an element that's basically never been seen in conservative online media. It cements our commitment to fighting for the culture. Whatever the left does, we can do better. And we are bringing you Candace every Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central at dailywire.com. You can get the audio podcast Candace on Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast. If you need some Candace Owens in your podcast feed, look no further. Head on over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Subscribe today. Be sure to leave a five-star review if you like what you hear. You're listening to the largest, fastest-growing conservative podcast and radio show in the nation. Corporate America's embrace of wokeness, it's going to boomerang on them in a major way. And it's happening across the spectrum because, again, these ships are slow to turn. These corporate ships, they're very slow to turn. And once they've decided to steer into the headstorm that is wokeness, it's going to take them a while to get out of it. And not easily because they've decided to surrender themselves to the alligator, hoping they will be eaten last. This leads to the most bizarre corporate endorsement of wokeness of the day. That is United Airlines. So United Airlines put out a video suggesting that they are going to ensure that Half of their pilots are going to be women or people of color. Now, this is crazy. It is crazy because if there is one job in America, and there are many jobs in America where skills should be like the sole qualifi- qualifi- qualification, qualifying detail. In fact, every job in America, I believe, skills should be the only qualifying detail. I don't think that race or sex or sexual, none of that should matter. Can you do the job is the only question I want answered in every job scenario. But if you're going to pick jobs where skill is like the only thing that matters, this would be one of them. Like personal life experience does not matter when you're talking about can you land a plane safely? And this is like, it, it, to me, it's like a heart surgeon. Do I care about the personal life experiences of my heart surgeon? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. 
But United has now made it its goal to say that 50% of its trained pilots are going to be women or people of color. So pilot Stacey Abrams on the line from United Airlines. Here, here we go from United Airlines. Departure review is looking at the plate. Everything checks good. We're going to just nab it out. Then airplane set up for it to actually fly navigation all the way out from the hour nap departure. By 2030, we plan to train 5,000 pilots. We plan for 50% of admitted students to be women or people of color. Partner organizations will help identify and recruit top talent. And now they've been trying this in Silicon Valley for years. It turns out it's a giant fail. The reason it's a giant fail is because people are either qualified or unqualified to be engineers. And people are either qualified or unqualified to be pilots. If you are changing the qualifications from can you fly a plane to what color is your skin and do you have a vagina? Although I understand that that is not even a qualification to be a woman anymore. So do you self-identify as a woman? Or are you a person with more melanin in your skin? If those are your qualifications for your pilots, number one, you're going to be subjected to a discrimination lawsuit like nothing you've ever seen. And number two, I am never flying your airline. Are you out of your damned mind? Why would I get on a plane where the only thing I know about the pilot is that the pilot may have been selected. I have a one in two chance of having a pilot selected not on the basis of skill alone. That's crazy. I ain't flying, flying that. Air- You'd be crazy to fly that airline. What What are you doing? What are you saying? I mean, Matt Walsh made the uh, made the hilarious point. He said, you know, it turns out that a certain percentage of Americans are blind and, and a, a huge percentage of Americans are elderly. We should have a certain number. United needs to make sure that a certain number of pilots are qualified despite being blind and 100 years old. It needs to happen. Or alternatively, you could not collapse to the woke idiocy culture. But again, our corporate culture has decided that this is the wave of the future. They are going to be sorely mistaken. They are going to feel the backlash in a serious way, not just because people stop flying their airlines, but because competitors will arise who don't follow this garbage. Also, because again, your protectors on the, in, on the corporate side should be neutral rules that foster free markets. That, of course, is where you succeeded in the first place. If you decide to undermine those neutral rules of free marketplaces by going for the corporatist, the the corporatist crony capitalist dollars that the Democrats are offering you, get ready, man. They are not. It, it this is so short sighted. It is so unbelievably short sighted. Mitch McConnell put that point out. He said, you know, corporate America, you might want to not do this because there are going to be some consequences for you. My warning, if you will, to corporate America is to stay out of politics. It's not what you're designed for. And don't be intimidated by the left into taking up causes that put you right in the middle of one of America's greatest political debates. So that's that's my admonition. And Delta and the other Coca-Cola and the other companies that basically responded to this partisan appeal are doing the same thing. You know, Republicans drank Coca-Cola too. Okay, and that, that, of course, is a paraphrase of a line that Michael Jordan once used in the 1990s, that Republicans buy sneakers too. It's true. We do. And I am not in favor of boycotts as a general rule. I think it's better if we are able to just patronize whichever businesses we think make the best products. But so long as they're going to spit in our face, well, there are going to be a lot of Republicans who say, nope, we're not doing that anymore. If Harry's Razors decides that it's going to withdraw advertising from some of our shows, well, get ready. We'll launch our Razor brand, and then we'll go right after the same audience that you advertised in order to gain access to. Okay, this works both ways. They're going too far. The backlash is coming. The backlash is coming, by the way, with regard to the, the Black Lives Matter movement's propaganda about police. The backlash is coming because it turns out that crime rates have been rising dramatically around the United States. The U.S., according to CNN, saw a significant crime rise across major cities in 2020. 
According to CNN, major American cities saw a 33% increase in homicide last year. Okay, that is because of the attempt to absolutely hamstring the cops and make it impossible for them to do their jobs. You think people are going to go along to get along on these particular issues? Tom Cotton is getting dragged through the mud, the senator from Arkansas, because he tweeted out, we have a major under-incarceration problem in America and it's getting worse. And people are like, well, yeah, we already incarcerate a lot of people. The question isn't how many people we incarcerate. The question is how many of those people are innocent. Answer, not a lot. And how many people who are guilty are out walking the streets? Answer, some. There's a very simple question to ask when it comes to under-incarceration versus over-incarceration. It is not percentage of people incarcerated. It's percentage of people who committed crimes in jail. That's the only question I care about. If you committed a murder, I don't care if we have more people in jail than other countries. You should be in jail. You committed a murder. So Tom Cotton on the numbers is correct. If there's a 33% increase in homicide, that means too few people are in jail, at least when it comes to homicide. Okay, but it doesn't matter because, again, the left can't stop itself. In corporate America, that ship can't be turned. In the media, they cannot re-steer themselves because they've dedicated themselves to activism. The Biden administration can't turn away from its own radicalism. And the criminal justice system, the Black Lives Matter movement, can't steer away from its own radicalism. This is how you end up with videos of BLM activists saying that cities will burn if Derek Chauvin isn't convicted. How do you think this is going to play? You think this is going to play in America? You think this is really going to go well for you? Here is this BLM activist. If George Floyd's murderer is not sentenced, just know that all hell is going to break loose. Don't be surprised when buildings are on fire. Okay, so here's the thing. As I've been pointing out this whole time, and I think most people who have a brain are noticing, is that this Chauvin case is not clear-cut. Not only is it not clear-cut, yesterday happened to be a particularly bad day for the prosecution in the, in the Derek Chauvin murder case with regard to George Floyd. There are a bunch of witnesses who were, who were interviewed yesterday, and it did not turn out well for the prosecution. In fact, it turned out so not well for the prosecution that one of the witnesses the prosecution called, the defense announced they wanted to recall the witness as a defense witness. That's how badly it went for the prosecution. You know the prosecution is doing a crappy job when they call a witness and the defense cross-examines the guy. And they're like, you know what? We like you so much. We want you back on our side. <laughs> like, that ain't good. The state called a Minneapolis Police Department lieutenant named Johnny Mercil, who's a use of force trainer. And the, and the prosecution asked him a bunch of questions about whether Chauvin was using approved use of force procedures. But then Eric Nelson, who is the defense attorney, began asking questions. Related to Mercil's time as a street cop. This is according to LegalInsurrection.com, who's been doing a good job analyzing this on a day-to-day level. Nelson asked questions related to Mercil's time as a street cop, with a particular emphasis on the tendencies of suspects being subject to arrest to come up with all kinds of nonsense about why they shouldn't be arrested that day. Dangerous job being a police officer. Yes. Are people unhappy about being arrested? Very rarely are they happy, said Mercil. Do suspects frequently engage in a wide variety of behaviors to avoid arrest, including fighting, arguing, and making excuses? Yes, they do, answered Mercil. Indeed, when asked if he himself had ever disbelieved a suspect's claim of a medical emergency in an apparent effort to avoid arrest, Mercil answered he had personally done so. All of this undercuts the part of the prosecution narrative that is relying on Floyd's purported pleas and excuses about claustrophobia and anxiety and crying out for his mother. Perhaps that's real, but a reasonable officer has to consider Maybe it's an effort to avoid arrest. Nelson also, once again, put the use of pressure and body weight techniques in a favorable, favorable light. The state wants to present Chauvin's knee in a negative light as deadly mechanical asphyxiation or as a blood choke, as attested to by this other witness, Derek Williams. In fact, however, the use of pressure and body weight to restrain a suspect was adopted by the MPD because it was a less intense use of force than prior practice of using strikes, either barehanded or with batons or even with weighted gloves, to compel compliance. Mercil concurred. 
The take-home message for the jury is that Chauvin's knee, far from being a public execution in a public street, was a lesser force than would otherwise have been required. So bottom line is this prosecution is not particularly going well for the prosecution. Nelson explored with Mercil whether there were circumstances in which it would be appropriate for an officer to maintain a neck restraint for a substantial period of time. Mercil said yes. Sometimes to maintain the neck restraint for however long it took EMS to arrive, asked Nelson. Mercil answered that he personally had maintained restraint on suspects for the duration required for EMS to arrive. The state's own use of force expert testified on cross. He personally had engaged in the exact same activity that Chauvin is currently being demonized for. That is not a good day for the state, as legal insurrection points out. So again, it was just a very, very bad day for the prosecution. The reason that I'm pointing this out is because what you're hearing from the media is that this is going to that if Chauvin doesn't get convicted is a referendum on American racism. Cops are all bad. Fewer cops on the street. You think this isn't going to backfire? It's going to backfire. It absolutely will backfire on the left because all they would have to do is say, listen, we're going to look at the facts of the case and we have a jury system for a reason. They can't do that. They have to say that this is deep American racism, regardless of whatever the evidence shows. And again, it wasn't just that it went badly for that state's witness. There's another state's witness. MPD officer Nicole McKenzie, who's the medical support coordinator. According to legal insurrection, McKenzie did really poorly. On direct, the prosecutor had McKenzie testify about how officers had a duty of care to suspects, that Chauvin had CPR and other training that would qualify him to provide emergency care, and that such care must be provided by the officer, even if an ambulance had already been called. Isn't it true, Nelson then asked McKenzie, that you train officers to consider not just the suspect, but the totality of the scene? She said yes. Isn't it true that police officers have a competing duty of safety to themselves, partners, bystanders, paramedics, to the point that if the scene is unsafe, if the officers haven't already announced a code for all safe, EMTs will stage a distance away until they are told safety has been achieved? Yes, said McKenzie. Isn't it true safety concerns might not come from the suspect, but from the crowd? Yes. Okay, and by the way, the mob was there shouting at, I mean, that's why we have tape, shouting at Chauvin the entire time, which prevents the EMTs from getting it. All of this generates at least a picture of reasonable doubt. All of this pictures at least the possibility of reasonable doubt. So it's, you know, none of this is going particularly well for the state. And if this results in more riots, if this results in more calls for the end of policing in America, it ain't going to go well for the left either. The, The left is overreaching on every area in American life right now. You knew it was coming. It is coming. And the backlash is going to be extremely strong. So it's not just the areas of the White House or the media or corporate America or even the law, where the left feels its oats, they feel ascendant, but the backlash is coming. It's in the area of culture. They're going way, way too far in the culture. So, for example, Marvel, for some ungodly reason, for some reason that no one can comprehend, decided that it would be a wonderful idea to have ta Coates write Captain America comics. This makes no sense at all. Captain America's character is a character who was frozen in the 1940s and then reanimated years and years later. He's supposed to be a refugee from 1940s America. Rah, rah. That's why he's Captain America. Right? He's supposed to stand for all of the values of the United States. Among them are not. America is a deeply racist country plagued by, by, by structural injustices. America's rooted in evil and racism and cruelty. So to have somebody write Captain America, you might want to pick somebody who actually likes the country, who likes the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution, somebody who doesn't think America is evil from its inception. You know, somebody who doesn't think like the 1619 Project. But no, Marvel decided it was not good enough to have ta Coates write the Black Panther comics. It, it, he had to also write the Captain America comics, which is nuts. Okay, ta Coates is a person who said in an interview with the, uh, with, with the New Yorker, I believe, he said 
that on 9-11, he sat on the top of his Brooklyn apartment building, slightly stoned, watched 9-11 happen, watched the planes go into the buildings and people throwing themselves from the 80th story of the World Trade Center down to their deaths, watched the towers collapse and felt nothing. That's how much he hates the country. Ta-Nehisi Coates. Right? That is something he has said openly in, and that was considered okay because after all, there's been racial evil in America. And Ta-Nehisi Coates, who's gotten extraordinarily wealthy and extraordinarily famous by talking about how terrible America is, he should write the Captain America comic. A comic. So on its face, this is an absurdity. It's, an absurd, it's like having Noam Chomsky write Superman. Right? Truth, justice in the American way, except that America is an imperialist invader that is constantly destroying countries around the world. Yeah, get Noam to write it. Makes for, Noam Chomsky should write Superman. Ta-Nehisi Coates writing Captain America is the same thing. So it's stupid on its face. But it's not just stupid. What they actually allowed Ta-Nehisi Coates to do here is portray Red Skull, who's the villain in the Captain America. And people say, why do you even bother talking about the culture? Because more people in America engage with the culture than engage in politics. Culture is important. Culture is upstream of politics. And when you start mainstreaming complete and utter nasty and slanderous bullcrap about not only the country, but about anybody who disagrees with you, into discourse that is meant mainly for teenagers, you know what you get, a worse country. They're going to push too hard here. They really are. So Ta-Nehisi Coates put out this comic. The comic shows Red Skull recruiting people online. Uh, you know where this is going, don't you? Recruiting, red, uh, recruiting people online, Red Skull, right? Who's a Nazi, right? Red Skull, as a character, is a Nazi who had his face burned off and he's, like, and he's now a mutant and all this. Okay, and here is the panel. It says the Red Skull. It is a picture of the Red Skull on a laptop, and it says, 10 rules for life next to his face. Who do you think that's supposed to be? 10 rules for life. Could that possibly be uh, Jordan Peterson? Just to reiterate the point, just to make sure that you know it's supposed to be Jordan Peterson, it then says in the corner, chaos and order. Because, of course, Jordan's books are all about leading a, a finding order within the chaos Right. These are terms that Jordan frequently uses and he talks about feminism. And so just to make sure it says the feminist trap, right, the feminist trap. So you're supposed to know that this is, in fact, the that this is, in fact, Jordan Peterson. And not only that, he he then has a reference to Carl Luger, who, of course, is a is a deeply famous anti-Semite viewed as sort of a model for Nazism in the pre-Nazi era, who's sort of the proto-Nazi. So the idea is that Jordan is a Nazi. Hey, that's absurd on its face. It's absurd. It's slanderous. Honest to God, it's 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 disgusting because Ta-Nehisi Coates is just a damned liar. So I know Jordan. I've read pretty much everything Jordan's written. I've watched many of his videos, as you have, I'm sure. The notion that he is pro-Nazi is insane. It is insipid and it is ridiculous. But the Red Skull is a Nazi and is actually Jordan Peterson in this comic, directed toward teenagers. And then there's this other conversation that happens about how Red Skull is recruiting people. In, in which Captain America says, it's the same for all of them. Young men, weak, looking for purpose. I found the flag. You found the badge. They found the skull. He tells them what they've always longed to hear, that they are secretly great, that the whole world is against them, that if they're truly men, they'll fight back. And bingo, that's their purpose. That's what they live for. And that's what they'll die for. So if you tell young men that they have a purpose in the world, if you try to tell young men not to pity themselves and be losers, if you tell them to make their bed, this, is, this makes you a Nazi like Red Skull. Ta-Nehisi Coates writing that in a comic book. Our culture, uh, the, the wokeness in comics, by the way, has been going on for a long time. Uh, Ma- uh, DC did this too. DC tried to make Superman into an anti-police figure. They had a Batman comic in which Batman was railing against the cops, not just the corrupt Gotham City cops, but like cops generally and about racial injustice and all this kind of stuff. Marvel has now trotted out a gay teen Captain America. 
And I was like, this, this is not a surprise, but to have ta Coates mainlining all of this crap into like the Captain America comic does tell you something about where our culture is. And our entire cultural infrastructure has been taken over by people who are completely removed from the everyday lives of the people with whom they are supposed to be talking. Because your typical comic consumer is not somebody who believes that Jordan Peterson is the Red Skull. Just like your typical consumer of television is not somebody who believes that we should be spending our days fretting over how to turn girls into boys and boys into girls when they are young people, when they are tiny. We'll get to more on this in just one moment. First, I've been talking about my Helix Sleep mattress for four years. I got to admit, Last night was a very rough night. We had to take the dog to the hospital. Dog is okay, but didn't get a lot of sleep. The sleep I did get is thanks to my Helix sleep mattress made just for me. If you haven't already checked out the Helix Elite Collection, you need to. Helix harnesses years of mattress expertise to offer a truly elevated sleep experience. The Helix Elite Collection includes six different mattress models, each tailored for specific sleep positions and firmness preferences. If you're nervous about buying a mattress online, you don't have to be. Helix has a sleep quiz that matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress, because why would you buy a mattress made for somebody else? I took that Helix quiz. I was matched with a firm but breathable mattress. I love it. My wife loves it. They're big Helix fans here at the Shapiro house. Plus, Helix has a 10-year warranty. You get to try it out for 100 nights risk-free. They'll even pick it up for you if you don't love it, but I'm not sure that has ever happened. Helix is now offering 25% off all mattress orders, plus two free pillows for my listeners. Head on over to helixsleep.com slash Ben. Use code HELIXPARTNER25. It's their best offer yet. It's not going to last long. That's helixsleep.com slash Ben. Use code HELIXPARTNER25. With Helix, better sleep starts right now. And yet, this is the direction in which our culture is moving. By the way, there are some soft-hearted Republicans, and I shouldn't say soft-hearted, soft-headed, because they're not soft-hearted. In fact, what they're promoting here is really not soft-hearted. Soft-headed Republicans, Asa Hutchinson, the governor of Arkansas, comes to mind, who's thoroughly shellacked by Tucker Carlson last night on his show, as he should have been, because he decided that he was going to veto a bill, which was then overridden by the Arkansas legislature. The bill prohibited the use of transgender medicine on children below the age of 17, I believe. And he, he vetoed that. And he said, well, you know, we shouldn't be getting government involved in these areas. Oh, you mean protecting children from the destruction of their bodies by, by pseudo-medical professionals who don't know the first thing about what they're talking about and are simply following woke precepts with regard to gender? In any case, our culture has been promoting that. That's, that's why we ended up in this situation. So you have Sophia Bush, who says that, you know, we are, that, we, that if you don't allow child sex changes that is tantamount to murder, Sophia Bush tweeted out, Voting rights are under attack. The GOP has launched over 250 voter suppression bills. Just a lie. They're trying to kill democracy. It's the new Jim Crow. It's against all we stand for. Okay, that's lie number one. Put that to the side because the left is always promoting the lie that Republicans are engaged in voter suppression, even though that is obviously not true. Then she tweeted out, hashtag trans kids are under attack across the country. AR just banned them from accessing healthcare. This is tantamount to murder. Kids will tell us who they are. It's our job to support them, not demonize or harm them. Um, Okay, first of all, the baseline notion that kids will tell you who they are is the biggest load of crap I have ever heard in my life. I have three children, all under the age of eight. If my four-year-old tells me he is a robot, guess what he is not? A robot. You know what it would make me if I said, okay, you're a robot? It would make me a deeply irresponsible and moronic parent. It is your job to civilize your child. It is not your child's, your child's job to proclaim their authentic self to you at four and for you to take everything that they say super seriously because that's idiotic. You are smarter than a four-year-old. And if you're not, you shouldn't be a parent. But beyond that, this is just a lie. She says that Arkansas banned trans kids from accessing health care. No, Arkansas banned trans, uh, Arkansas banned all children from being experimented on by doctors using hormone therapies to block puberty and mutilate their bodies. That's what Arkansas just banned. 
But don't worry, if you watch our culture, this is not just a position, this is the position. It's a position that is parroted by the entire mainstream media, which uses the exact same phraseology with regard to the Arkansas bill. The idea is that if you as a state don't allow doctors to practice medical chicanery on children, that if you don't allow doctors to mutilate children with hormone therapy, again, you don't know the long-term cost of using puberty blockers on an eight-year-old, that if you do this, then this somehow makes you a murderer, a murderer. Whereas presumably you're a better person if you say a seven-year-old is gender confused because we keep preaching to them in public school that they might be a member of the opposite sex and they don't know what that means because it doesn't make any internal sense. And also, they don't know what it means because they are children. So number one, if you're an adult, you shouldn't know what it means because it makes no sense. If you're a child, you certainly shouldn't know what it means because you're stupid and it makes no sense. And yet the idea here from our entire media and from our entire cultural sphere is that if you stand in the way of this, that you are somehow the bad guy. The backlash to this is going to happen. It is going to be tremendous. There will be a backlash to all of this. There'll be a backlash to the coarsening of our culture. I mean, the, and, and the left is begging for it at this point because what they want is the shock value, right? They want to push the boundaries. And then when you notice that they're pushing the boundaries, when you notice that they're doing things just for shock value, then they say, why are you even offended? Look at you being offended. Yeah, well, when you, when you purposefully do things that are offensive, I am offended. It turns out I am offended when you create sneakers that are designed to promote Satan. I'm slightly offended. Forgive me if I don't want that being promoted to children as Lil Nas X has been doing. So Lil Nas X, this, uh, this musical star for no obvious reason to me. Lil Nas X, who is now openly gay uh, and came out, it was a big, big story because obviously we have to treat it as a huge story whenever any pop star comes out as gay. That's like 70% of pop stars at this point coming out as some form of gender fluid. But in any case, Lil Nas X came out as gay and, uh, and then he put out this uh, ridiculous song, Montero, Call Me By Your Name. It is a crappy song. I mean, an unbelievably bad song. But the entire music video is about him literally having sex with Satan, uh, who is male, of course, having sex with Satan, and then, and then taking Satan's crown. And it's, it's not even, it's almost tired because people have been doing this, this anti-religious crap since Madonna was writhing around as a, as a faux as a, a faux Catholic back in the 1980s and proclaiming that that she was like a virgin touched for the very first time and all of this. And it, it really isn't all that transgressive. It's kind of faux transgressive. But the fact that Lil Nas X has appeared on like Sesame Street and half of his crowd are people under 15 probably uh, is somewhat disturbing. So Lil Nas X tweeted out, y'all told a 19-year-old who had just escaped the lowest point of his life that he would never have a hit again. N no one actually said that. You told him to stop while he's ahead. Nope. He could have gave up, but four multi-platinum songs and two number ones later, he's still here. Thank you to my team and my fans. I love you. So this is the number one song in the country. You think that the left isn't pushing too far in the culture? You think there won't be a backlash? Okay, here is the number one song in the, in the country. It is Lil Nas X dressed up as a stripper, swiveling down a stripper pole into hell, where he proceeds to engage in anal sex with Satan. This is, first of all, the song is just crap. I mean, like, if, if this is an unmemorable, it is a ripoff, obviously, of the title of the movie, Call Me By Your Name. Like, okay, he's, he's stripping down into hell. Sw swiveling down. And, like, all right, this is what you want from your culture. This is what you're going to get from your culture. And now he's about to enter the palace of Satan. And uh, he is uh, then going to engage in various unspeakable acts with Satan and give Satan a lap dance then have sex with Satan 
and uh, and then he's going to take Satan's crown at the end because obviously this is what we should all aspire to uh, is to become Satan, which is the end of this video. Now, again, free country, do what you want. But if you think that the height of our culture is WAP and this, and you think that Americans are just going to be like, yeah, it's all good. Keep marketing this crap to our kids, please. Please keep telling us how deeply important all of this is and how empowering all of it is and how it's going to make for a wonderful, fulfilling life for children. Man, you guys keep pushing this way in the culture. You keep pushing this way on the left. By the way, I just should note here that the, the, the sort of take here, which is that you can act like garbage so long as you are of a sexual orientation minority is ridiculous. You know how many gay people there are who don't act like this in music videos? Virtually all of them. But you want to promulgate you know, some pretty nasty messages about, about folks. This is, this is the way to do it. Lil Nas X really doing yeoman's work there on behalf of the gay rights movement for some odd reason. In any case, the point is larger and the point is the same. The left is overstepping its boundaries. They're, they're, some of them have realized it. So Biden's already realizing it because he has his finger in the wind more than most. The corporations haven't yet realized it. They will. The cultural figures, they haven't yet realized it. They're going to. There will be a backlash. It's been too long in coming. And I'm very much looking forward to the backlash. I'm looking forward to people stopping their, their monetary patronization of these various corporations. I'm looking forward to people turning off MTV and, and not listening to songs like this in the future. I'm looking forward to alternatives cropping up. And if we have to have two separate cultures and, and two separate ways of raising our children, and if we have to go our separate ways, maybe that's one solution. The other possibility here is that the American people are not going to be uh, as enthusiastic about all of this stuff as everybody on the left is. And then when the backlash comes, it's going to come in a lot of political ways that people on the left aren't particularly fond of. So get ready for it. All right, we'll be back here today with additional hour of content. In the meantime, go check out The Michael Knowles Show. On today's episode, Michael will be talking about the double mutant fourth wave of coronavirus. It's not happening. That episode is available right now. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe too. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Andrew Clavin Show, The Michael Moles Show, and The Matt Walsh Show. Thanks for listening. The Ben Shapiro Show is produced by Elliot Feld. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Our supervising producer is Mathis Glover. And our assistant director is Pavel Wydowski. Editing is by Adam Saievitz. Audio is mixed by Mike Coromina. Hair and makeup is by Fabiola Cristina. Production assistant is Jessica Kranz. The Ben Shapiro Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2021. The governor of Arkansas defends the chemical castration of kids. The MLB moves its all-star game out of Georgia to a whiter state with stricter voting laws. And the experts warn of a double mutant fourth wave of coronavirus. Check it out on The Michael Knowles Show. Did you know that mRNA vaccines are approved for use in pigs in the United States? Not to mention 85% of the beef sold in your local grocery store is imported. In fact, over 5 billion pounds of meat was imported just last year. There's so much mystery surrounding our meat, which is why I'm so grateful for my Good Rancher subscription. I know that I don't have to worry about imported meat or unknown vaccines in the food that I feed my family. Good Ranchers is saying mRNO to mRNA by offering a free 10-pound Easter ham with any subscription. Unlike the pork from the grocery store, Good Ranchers ham is guaranteed 100% free from mRNA vaccines. This is a $119 value, absolutely free with code DAILYWIRE. Go to GoodRanchers.com and say mRNO to mRNA by subscribing today. 
You have a right to know exactly what's in your food. And Good Ranchers is dedicated to protecting that right and providing your family with the best meat in America, free from any unknown and potentially harmful additives. Go to GoodRanchers.com and subscribe to any of their boxes and use code DAILYWIRE at checkout. Every subscription will come with a free Heritage Ham, $25 off, and Good Ranchers lifetime quality commitment. That's GoodRanchers.com, code DAILYWIRE.